Welcome, welcome to another stop on the Michelle Mission, Two Men, One Podcast, every black film ever made. I am your host, Vincent Williams of It's All Soul, Wednesdays 8 to 10, and I'm joined as always by my partner. Yo, what's up? Holla at your boy. This is Len, a.k.a. The Bat Tribble. And on this episode, we, we actually, you, you know, we actually are, are making a stop. I don't know if it's quite a detour. But it's certainly not officially on the stop because as we talked about on the last episode, we're going to do Holiday Heart. But in between announcing it and preparing for this show, we discovered that Holiday Heart was never released in the theater. No, it was not. It was actually a TV movie that was released on Showtime. Okay, so this is a special episode, but Holiday Heart is such a special film that... We certainly wanted to talk about it for a little while. That's that's an, an apt word for it. That is a special film, and because it was a TV movie, I and because we weren't able to do an episode for December, or we probably won't be able to do an episode for December. This can kind of be a Michelle Mission slash binge lounge. Oh, for, there you go. There you December. go. There you go. I like that. There you go. So we'll make it work. We're going to make it work. We're going to make it do what it do. Amen. Uh, uh, but first, as always, we have some feedback. All right. Yay, feedback. I like feedback. Feedback is fantastic. It is. It's a, such a special thing. Um, we heard in the emails, and we appreciate everyone that emails us. You can always email us at Mission at gmail.com, or you can reach us on Twitter or Facebook at Mission or at Mission Michelle on Twitter. Uh, we got an email. From Maurice Poplar. Hey, what's going on, Maurice? What I want to do is call him Mo because I have a friend named Maurice that I call Mo, but like I don't know Maurice like that, and mm. I don't want to shorten people because you know I hate people shorten my name if they don't know me. So, well, you if s- I slip and call you Mo Maurice, it's it's not out of disrespect. But what's I, going on, Maurice? See, now I understand that I understand that desire to want to call him Mo. However. If you wanted to call him Mo just because you hear the name Maurice and you want to say Mo, I would understand that. Right. But you want to call him Mo partly because of that, but probably more so because you have a friend named Maurice who you call Mo. Yes. And if I was your friend, Maurice, I would feel some type of way about you calling somebody, somebody else, else Mo. Mo. I can see that. So you That's have fair. to come up with something else. So basically what you're saying is I'm a bad friend. Yes. <laughs> What's going on, Maurice? I checked them for you, Mo. <laughs> so Maurice wrote us. Um, he said that I think the best thing about Mo Better Blues okay. and why it doesn't get a lot of universal love, it, it's made for and to black people of a certain generation. We're that people and that generation. Yeah, yeah. It's I, I agree. I agree. I think it's it's sort of what generation is he referring well, to? Well, I mean, you know, sort of generation X. It's it's sort of the flip side of what we've talked about when we have mentioned love and basketball. Okay, like you and I have affection for love and basketball, mm-hmm. but we know people who are a little younger than us who adore love and basketball. Yeah, and I think it is sort of an age specific thing. So, so, okay. so I do think Mo Better Blues. Hits you love Jones too to a certain extent. Yeah, like I would say that we're right on the peripheral of that love Jones hate. I'm not hate that love Jones love. Right, like there are people I know who were obsessed with love Jones, mm-hmm. but it was like you know I wasn't upset. Like I liked love Jones, but you know, but I was obsessed with Mo Better Blues. I feel you on that because there were certainly some people who, upon hearing that we had you know done a review of Claudine. Right. That, you know, some older people, it's like, oh, Claudine, that was my movie. Yeah. You know, it's it's a touchstone for them. Right. You right. know, so uh, and I think in many ways and a lot of the films of Spike Lee is touchstone are touchstones for people of our age. Right. If you were there. Yeah, it was happening. Absolutely. Yeah. So okay. I, I feel you on that. All right. Absolutely. I feel you on that. Uh, Thanks, we, Maurice. Thank you, Maurice. Via Facebook. We heard from Robert Monroe Jr. Hey, Robert. What's up, Robert? We haven't heard from you for, for a minute. 
he wrote us saying that I need to drink some Mo Better while watching Mo Better Blues. All right. Let me tell you, Robert, uh, and Vince can't speak to this. I know. So that annoyed. Mo Better was Mo Better song. Oh, I was so annoyed. Oh, my God. It was so good. It was so good. And I will see now, but it was it was sneaky good, though. Oh, I know. But I know. no, but by that, I mean, you know, as as you and Summer Willow Fitch are our guest on that episode, um, so lovingly pointed out that I'm not a whiskey drinker. Yeah. I'm a vodka man. Yeah. But that was made with whiskey. Right. Uh, Knob Creek. But it, it was good whiskey. It was very so good. So it whiskey. was smooth. It was very smooth. Right. So I liked it so much, I would be willing to try other whiskeys. Okay, you have to drink good whiskey, though. Yes, but now, right. yeah, I can't drink no no rot gut, rot gut yeah. stuff, man. It's got to be it's got to be yeah. the good stuff. Yeah, yeah. It can only be the good stuff. I mean, there's nothing wrong with only drinking good liquor. So Knob Creek is a, so. What's a good whiskey besides Knob Creek? I mean, is that a more expensive one? Because she had a relatively smaller it, bottle. It is. It can get expensive. I mean, you know, you you, you get to the Johnny Walker Blacks and or Blues, and you gotta. You know, Maker's Mark is always a good thing to grab. Knob Creek. I hear people talk about Maker's you, you Mark. Know, if you, you know, you want to move from the whiskeys to the scummy. Um, I think Jack Daniels has a nice single barrel. And I'm saying that these are good, like good as in like we, we kind of regular cats. Right. So like we could buy a bottle of whiskey. Like I'm saying you buy like a, a 40 $50 bottle of whiskey and then drink off that bottle of whiskey for a minute. Right, you know, as a, like obviously you can spend as much as you want mm -hmm. on alcohol, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you know, I do think we we're. What's your whiskey of choice? I actually like the I like the Jack single barrel. I'm I'm I've known I've been known to put away some Maker's Mark. Yeah, you know, I like a good Maker's Mark. Is Maker's Mark is it is it smooth? It is smooth. Is it smoother than Knobs Creek? I think it has the same level of smoothivity. Okay. All right, that's that's the technical term, Lynn. I got smoothivity. You. Smoothivity. Right now, your mileage may vary. Like I also think that that whiskeys and scotches and bourbons are very personal. My sure. dad is an old school Jack Daniels dude. All right, and like he actually likes like that that old school bottle, like like just the one in in the black that with the, with the black label, that, mm -hmm. like that old school Jack bottle, better than like I like the um. I like the single barrel Jack. Okay. You know, I have friends who like Gentleman Jack, which is in single barrel, but it is more, uh, it, it's, I don't know if it's from a single barrel. I forget what the, I think it's the same maker. Yeah. Yeah. But right. It's all Jack Daniels. Okay. So, okay. you know, it's like the Jack, it's a single barrel Jack and then it's like Gentleman Jack. Okay. And then Gentleman Jack. So, you know, it's, it, you know, depends isn't it like taste. a Jack Daniels honey or something like that? Yeah. Leave that alone. What is that? It's, it's, it's what it sounds is Jack Daniels is flavored Jack Daniels. So they're trying to like flavor yeah. the whiskeys now. Right, right. That's not a good thing. I mean, I don't think it's a good thing. All right. I don't, you know. You just want whiskey. Right. And if if it's if if you need to to sweeten it or smooth it out, you need to be drinking better whiskey. Now, did you have a problem because she made a drink? Right. Where the from whiskey. Right. Do most people Make drinks with whiskey. I mean, because a lot of people I see like just drink whiskey. Right, 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 right. You know, and then you people drink Manhattans, and mm -hmm. stuff. I mean, I don't, you know, I, I know my way around a Manhattan, <laughs> mainly, you know, or or um, what's what's the joint that um Don Draper drank, like an old fashioned. Yeah, old fashioned. Like you know, I know my way around the old. Is that is that whiskey? I don't even yeah, know. It's, I'm it's, always it's, hearing. It's, it's either whiskey or bourbon, but you know. I like it with ice. Just whiskey with ice. Whiskey with ice. All right. Like one of them big cubes. Like you get like one of them big cubes. Oh, like one of them real big cubes with like the hole in it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Like like just just a big earth of ice. Yes. In a small glass with whiskey. Or, or the stone. Like you get the. Yeah, that's the, what the, I meant. Them, yeah, like them stone joints. Yeah. So it doesn't yeah. cut it. Yeah. But you know. Oh, so that it, so that it doesn't cut. Right, because the ice melts. Right. So the water mixes with the whiskey, but the stone just cools it down. Oh. So that's why people use the stone or or like the the um the cube that looks like that's made out of stone. Oh, really? That's interesting. 
now. So I guess you would get that at your better bars or at like um, Marshalls. They sell them. They sell them. The, the stone. They sell the stone. Do you have the stone? I do have some stones. I've got to try this. Hey man, I, I, I'm, I'm. And let's be, clear, you know, d- disclaimer. Like I'm not like that dude at all. Like I'm just talking about what I like. You're not that dude. I'm not all. like you know somebody says. Well, actually, what you really should be drinking are yeah. some scotches <laughs> and you know the Glen Livets and the Glen. You know they're like, all right, hey man, it's just what I like. Okay. My daddy drank Jack. I start drinking Jack. Mm-hmm. That regular Jack, do my throat. So I said, so then, you know, I have friends who started drinking more expensive whiskeys. Okay. And then it was like, oh, this is real smooth. Like, like when my son was born, my boys bought me, um, I think it was Johnny Walk. I think it's the Blue Label, which is like a $200 bottle wow. of whiskey. And that was viciously deadly because it was so smooth. It was too smooth. It was too smooth. And I think, you know, like, and, and again, you you can keep going. Like, mm-hmm. you can just keep going. But, like, this was somewhere I said, okay. I'm it was glad. so smooth that it's, like, snuck, it's stuck right, on you right, real right. quick. And I said, I'm glad I can't really afford to drink like this. Yeah. Because this is, so. Okay. Uh, Robert continued. <laughs> some point we're going to talk about movies. Eventually. <laughs> um, whenever I get on my kids' cases to practice their instruments, I always stop myself when I feel myself start to act like Bleak's mother. Abby Lincoln was only in the film for a few moments, but she was memorable. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I, um, I've made my peace with the fact that my daughter is going to hate piano and she's going to quit it as soon as she can. But I really do kind of buy, you know, I think it's a good thing for her to have to do something. Mm-hmm. Like I tell her all the time, you can't just do things that you like. Right. And this is a lesson for you on how to deal with doing something that you like. So I've made my peace with the fact that my daughter will hate piano. I got you. And, you know, helps with the math and the spatial reasoning and all that stuff. See, but but all of that help will sneak up on her later in life. Right, right. But I'm sure she'll hate piano. Of course. Like as soon like I told her she gets to high school, she can quit it. And I know she's counting the days. She can't wait. Yeah. Uh we also heard from Tom Laporta. Hey, what's up, Tom? Who just listened to the Soul Food episode. Okay. And also mentioned that he has a Blu-ray of Coonskin if we need to borrow it yeah. for our listener request. Yeah, that's month. good. He, he uh he's catching up on a few old episodes and listened to our review of Putney Swope. Yeah, yeah. And he just wanted to let us know that Balloon Animal Nazi was almost a real movie. Um, it has Jerry Lewis and it's called The oh, Day the Clown yeah. Cried. It's notorious, but almost never yeah, seen. I don't I think was, it, it was ever officially released. It wasn't. It was not. It wasn't. You, you know about you. you I am well aware of those that, those that is That is the infamous Jerry Lewis Nazi clown movie. Yes, it was. He was. He plays a clown in Auschwitz, if yes, I remember. I was, he's, in, he's in a concentration camp. He's certainly in a concentration camp. Who is there to ostensibly entertain the children? Right. That are there, um, and then of course naturally becomes conflicted. Yes. With it, uh, it's a very because he's entertaining the children, base, basically to soften them up and soften have them, them up, drop their guard before they go and they're gassed. Yeah. It's um. It's. Reportedly a very dark film that yeah, Jerry I mean, did just, in like the late 60s. Yeah, I mean, just and, the, the description of it. And he never released it. No. Um, it is in his vault. I don't even know if there's plans to release it there like are after no plans. his death yeah. or anything like yeah. that. I think he has sort of, and you know, it's one of those great stories where like, like you, like there are interviews with people who have seen it. Mm-hmm. And that's famous. Like there was just an interview floating around with somebody who, you, you know, like, like I saw it. Right. And, you know, every now and then you hear little murmurs that some of the footage has slipped out. Uh, maybe a few months ago, there were what ha- actually came out were some photos mm-hmm. and some um, some footage of rehearsals. Okay. From the slide. so nothing from the actual finished film is coming right, out. But right, photos right. from you know uh, from the set and some footage of rehearsal scenes have come out. Right, and it's uh, it's a really eerie piece of right work, right. man. It's like that in the um the footage from King Kong. 
like the cut footage, like oh, from the original from King the Kong. Original, yeah, the footage. I think he's fighting spiders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and that kind of vanished. So, um, I'd it, rather see the King Kong footage much than Nazi clown. But yeah. for those of you listening who were looking for a Christmas present for Vince, <laughs> and you have like the you have a copy of um, what's the name of it? I, I just call it Nazi clown. The day the clown cried. Right. Like you have footage of the day the clown cried. And then you have the lost footage of King Kong fighting the, the giant monsters. Mm. I mean, the giant spiders. I, that's what I, I'd rather see King Kong fighting the giant spiders. Oh, wow. Uh, happy holidays, gentlemen. Uh, we received a message from Mark Turner. Hey, what's going on, Mark? If I haven't missed the listener window, I propose one of two movies. Truck Turner. Oh, or Black Belt Jones, please, please, please. Thanks again. P.S. Could you think about doing a show where you talk about black movie soundtracks and the role that music plays in black movies starting from the 70s up to now? Just an idea, please. You know, that's right in my wheelhouse. We talk about the music in these movies all day. I think that would be an excellent um idea to talk about black movie soundtracks and since we devoted june this year this past year right to prince to prince in celebration of black music month right maybe this june we'll we'll do do the soundtrack do soundtracks oh that's nice significant soundtracks so that is a great idea and you have given us a whole month of celebration for that um for mark and because you gave us you you spurred that idea and you did miss the window for the listener request month right, in January right, right. Uh, because we actually did hear from someone else who took the last slot, which I'll, I'll tell you about in a second. But because you gave, you did miss that window, if you can come up with one movie that, uh, with a killer soundtrack that you would like us to review during that month, let us know. And one of those weeks we'll do that movie okay. for you. Yeah, absolutely. June. And then we like we could do like a special whole special episode during that month too that just talks about soundtracks in general. Right, right. So right. that'll be that'll be cool. Oh, oh, I, I got an idea of a good guest for that. All right. But speaking about the listener request, we did have one final week that was available. Okay. And the mayor triple, Dan Dinkins. Hey, what's up, Dan? Came swooped in and stole that week away um, with his suggestion, Pootie Tang. Pootie Tang. You know I love Pootie Tang. Sarate. <laughs> Sign your henny on the runny side. Yes. So we will be uh, watching Pootie Tang. All right. Love Pootie Tang. So that'll be... Uh, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I am looking forward to that. So it looks like... Um, I'm just going to go here to our calendar real quick and see what we have lined up for January because we've got we've got a, quite a few cool movies. We've got Coonskin. Yes. Black Dynamite. Yes. Uh straight out of I think that's straight out of Brooklyn. Yes. And now Pootie Tang. Yes. And uh, shutting it down with Sparkle. I would say su- this is this is my suggestion. We do Black Dynamite and Pootie Tang back to back. We're going to be doing that back to back. Because I think those are films that are, are good to talk about, you know. Yeah. So we, with we, each other. So. <laughs> so we've got a we've got a cool listener request of coming your way. We've got cool listeners. We yes, we do. We've got some great <laughs> listeners. We have some absolutely like, great listeners. We actually have people listeners that you'd actually want to hang out with. I know. <laughs> I know it's pretty dope Mm. Um, and you will get the opportunity to hang out with us ladies and gentlemen in January because on Friday January 20th we will be doing another live event uh, that will be taking place at Amalgam Comics and Coffee House as we do a live screening and podcast for Crush Groove Crush Grooving Body Moving Amen with Sheila E Blair Blair Underwood, Underwood Run DMC The Fat Boys Curtis Blow and cameos by New Edition, LL Cool J. Jekyll and Hyde. Oh, I forgot about Jekyll and Hyde. Yeah. Man, where are they going? Um, yeah, so that's going to be a whole lot of fun. What's his name became a multi-billionaire? Who? Andre Harrell. Oh, 
That's yes. He's not a multi-billionaire. I mean, not a. I mean, okay, not a. Billionaire, he's got. He's got. He's yeah. got a multi. He's I got mean, a multi-million. James Bond villain level, I think. You think so? I think he got a little piece of change. No, I think he's got a little piece of change. But do you think he held on to it because he lost? Well, because he had he went from Jekyll and Hyde. Yes, <laughs> bounced back pretty well from that. Well, he did bounce back because <laughs> he started Uptown Uptown yeah, Records, yeah. and then at one time he was ahead of Motown. Yes, when he didn't do good at Motown. No, no, no. But I bet the check cleared. <laughs> I guess so. Yeah, so. I guess so. I'm not, I'm not the biggest Andre Harrell fan. I mean, you know, that's another show. I don't know what happened to Jekyll and or Hyde. <laughs> Somewhere hanging out with Oates. <laughs> no, they're not. Oates is Oates now. Oates is doing okay. Yeah, so Oates is doing alright. Uh, Oates is doing okay. Don't, don't leave, leave Oates alone. He man. hanging out with the other dude from Wham. Baby, there you go. Right, right, right. He hanging out with the other dude from Wham and Stuart Copeland from the Police. <laughs> I think Stuart Copeland's doing all right. He probably is doing yeah, all, right. all right. He's probably doing all right. What do we know? <laughs> Let's stick to movies. Um, <laughs> Robert Monroe also wrote us. He said, hey, that Holiday Heart is not the holiday film I was expecting you guys to discuss next week. It's Lynn's choice. <laughs> I thought that you'd be talking about This Christmas, which was, I think that's the movie that's that's out well, it's gone now, but it w- was out. Isn't that the uh, Danny Glover? Wait, you know? I thought that was the one with um, Chris Brown. This Christmas? I thought I thought this. Well, what's the movie that was just out? I, I saw the movie and I can't even think of it. Oh, that was that Almost Christmas. That was Almost Christmas. Yeah, I thought This Christmas was. I mean, it's, just, it's the exact same movie. Yeah, ain't it though? Yeah. Oh, This Christmas is in a, um, a 2007. Yeah, yeah. That was the one with Chris Brown singing This Christmas. That's why I remember because I think like people who sing This oh, Christmas besides yeah. Donny Hathaway should be hunted for sport. So like he's on my list of people. You don't think that? Okay, now Donny Hathaway, of course, that is the the epitome of like the like only Donny Hathaway. I give a pass to Dennis Edwards and the Temptations version just because it's so damn hot. They sang that song. They oh. sang this Christmas. Oh, Dennis Edwards singing this Christmas is is just terrific. I don't think I've ever heard it's that just version. Terrific. It's just terrific because it's Dennis Edwards in pure early 80s Dennis mm-hmm. Edwards mm-hmm. that you know you know I think it's public knowledge he real coked out <laughs> yes. so is he's just hot and sweaty mm-hmm. and I love it now it's not as good as Donny Hath nothing is as good as Donny Hathaway no but I don't want to hear anyone else sing it so you don't like Alexander O'Neill's version no I don't and I love Alexander O'Neill's Christmas. It's so funny in my house. Yeah, somewhere we got to talk about the movie. It's a running joke in our house every Christmas. I love Alexander O'Neill's Christmas music. Really? I'm the only one in my house that loves it. And I love the fact that Alexander O'Neill has like five different original Christmas songs. He, he does. I don't think there's only one that's like the big popular. One. Right. What's, what's the one that's the popular one? Well, there's Sleigh Rod. I don't, say, I, don't even know, I don't even know Sleigh Ride. My my message to you. Yeah, that's that's the yeah, song I know. Yeah, but he's got like five of them from that album. Yeah, God bless him. Yeah, God bless him. That was that was when that was the, that 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 shining that that Tuesday that Alexander <laughs> O'Neill was like the hottest thing. That's in right. That's right. Him and Sherelle. There you go. Him and Sherelle. There you go. I call him the Marvin Gaye and Tammy Terrell of 1982. <laughs> they were they were you know but you know we got to talk about the movie you but, I'm saying, you know, but i'm just saying i'm just saying it's lounge so it's a little loose this it's, episode it's, it's it's loose. well yeah but we, we still got to say right, within an hour yeah we do and we, we, we eating it up we got to be so, on so wppm go ahead go ahead rap. Uh, so real so real quick alexander o'neill and sherelle yes like I love Alexander O'Neill. Yes. I kind of like Sherelle. Yes. But they're so much better together. Yes. You know? Um, you know who else is like that? Who? Avant and Kiki oh, Wyatt. See, there you go. Nope. From uh, see, see you don't nope. like see you don't like Avant nope. because you don't like Nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like, I do not acknowledge early nineties 
R&B. You, what do you mean early 90s R&B? Nope. You have to acknowledge I don't, it. I don't have to do anything. It's like Godfather 3 in the Star Wars <laughs> It prequels. never happened. It just never happened. <laughs> early 90s R&B never it happened. Never There's happened. nothing good in early 90s R&B. Jodeci came out. And then it was like five, six years of people that came out after Jodeci, and it's like they didn't even exist. Okay. H Town and 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 Jagged Edge. Jagged none of them, none of them. Just it just didn't happen. <laughs> then like D'Angelo came out. And then alright. <laughs> so from Jodeci to, right. to D'Angelo. Like 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 Casey said, Ooh, and at the end of that yeah it was a whole bunch of people that came out <laughs> and it's like it never happened all black people did was make hip hop <laughs> so Drew Hill never nope, happened never happened and I remember Drew Hill singing at the fudge shop at the inner harbor in Baltimore that's my fondest remembrance of Drew Hill singing at the fudge shop in the inner harbor at Baltimore and I walk by like I did, because not just Drew Hill, like everybody used to do at the fudge shop. And I said, that's a damn shame they got them black people over there singing about some damn fudge. Like that was the thing. <laughs> that was the thing. Ariel, if you're listening, uh, of, course, of course, Ariel might be too young to remember this. There was a fudge shop in the Inner Harbor, okay. Harbor Place in, in Baltimore. And it was always some black people making the fudge and they'd be singing while they're making the fudge. while they're making the fudge here come the fudge 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 and they would and but that's how drew hill i think met drew hill was working drew hill worked at the fudge shop fudge. yes i can see cisco that's true that fudge fudge fudge, fudge. Oh, all right come on we, we really do have to let's let's Let me see the fudge go. Boo -doo -boo. Let me see the fudge go. Okay, all right. Holiday Heart. So won't you give a warm welcome, if you please, to the penthouse's oldest treasure, Holiday Heart. Everyone loved Holiday Heart. His life was always full. But his home was always empty. Then... A little girl entered his life. Holiday! Come on, Muscle Man! And nothing would ever be the same. Oh, baby, we all got a story to tell. Don't worry, I wasn't about to tell you, man. Mama, I got my own bedroom! My own bedroom! We're not going back, are we? No. I made you a promise. You need to better stay here. My mother needs to stay away from him. <clears throat> Happy birthday, Mickey! The wind. I mean, I usually have a list of wishes, but we got everything. I wish that I could stop wishing. So this one has money. Maybe he just lives and deals in his limo. Nikki! It's Nikki, it's Wanda, and me. Just stay away. Sometimes you'll find... She's been gone for two days. ...that to get by in this world... I'm worried about Nikki. Oh, now you're worried. Tell that person staring at you that you love her. All you need I'm is a little heart. Sing to me, Holiday. Ving Rains, Alfre Woodard. Amazing. Holiday Heart. Seeing grace, how sweet. The sound. So, <laughs> based on a play by Cheryl West, Holiday Heart mm -hmm. follows um, <clears throat> the lead character, Holiday, played by Ving Rames. He is a gay man whose partner has died fairly recently, and he works his way through the pain by um, through his faith. He's a devout member of a church of a Baptist church. Yes. And he is also a drag queen. And I use that term very specifically, like he dresses in drag and performs at a theater into his life tumbles, a drug addict mm -hmm. played by Alfre Woodard mm -hmm. and her daughter and, and Ving Reams kind of inserts himself into their life and helps to raise this little girl. Milikatai Williamson, 
is probably the the other member of this cast that really matters. He plays uh, um, a drug dealer with a heart of gold. It turns out who also comes and 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 he starts to date Alfre Woodard. So Alfre Woodard, Ving Rames, Milikatai Williamson, and introducing and introducing Jessica Reynolds. Jessica Reynolds as the little girl. We have Nikki. 2000's Holiday Heart, based on the play by Cheryl West, and directed by the great Robert Townsend. Yeah, I really wish you hadn't mentioned that. Lynn, this is your film. Yeah, it is. Um, I had never seen Holiday Heart from beginning to end. Okay. So I've always caught, caught like pieces of the movie here and there over the years. And, in, and it's been probably more than a few years since the last time I saw it, because in my memory while well, i remembered ving rames in drag in this movie in my memory the 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 female lead was Whoopi goldberg <laughs> and not alfrey woodard which tells you that i really don't leave that alone which tells you that i really didn't even understand the movie because because <laughs> i certainly could not see Whoopi goldberg in this you role. think about the color purple <laughs> perhaps <laughs> Perhaps it all starts to blend together. Um, so this was my first time watching this, watching this film, and I mistakenly, I'll be honest, you know, while we're doing this slash Ben's Lounge type of thing, I mistakenly thought this was a a uh, theatric movie yeah, because yeah, there yeah, is yeah. profanity yeah, in the there movie. Is. Yeah, yeah. Um, like, I didn't know it was a Showtime movie yeah. until you said it just now. Actually, exactly. Yeah. So you know, found out that it was Showtime. It's like, oh, well, that explains that. Right. Right. Um, but I really wish that you had not mentioned Robert Townsend was the director of this film because upon finding that it was a Showtime movie makes me believe that even back in 2000, when Showtime was not the Showtime that it is now, right? but it was still Showtime. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. still a cut above regular network standards. Sure. Um, means that the movie was made with a relatively good budget. Okay. Which means that they put like some considerable weight behind this film, especially considering that you did have in 2000 actors of note, such as Ving Rhames and Alfre Woodard and uh, McAllatai Williams uh, in this film. McAllatai. I always mispronounce that brother's name. I, I, I call him Mike. Um, and you had producers on uh, behind uh, also p- uh, putting some money behind this. You have Robert De Niro yeah, as a producer say, on this yeah. film. Is, so there's money, which is just bizarre. There's money in here, right? And there's also money in that you have Robert Townsend bringing this this play to life. Yes, on film. Robert Townsend, a director and producer of great renown yes. in Hollywood, well respected voice for his um, for his for his work in Hollywood um, and Harlem Shuffle. Yeah, yeah. And our first real anniversary show, we'll be doing the Robert Townsend film for the first time. Yes, we will. Um, the five heartbeats. Five heartbeats. We'll be doing that for episode fifty. Um, and also the, noted for his television show, The Parent. What Parenthood. Parenthood. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a a great deal of pedigree behind this film. Yes. This is a horrible movie. Horrible. This is a and I and I mean and I mean horrible in the way that it's horrible because of all these uh considerable talents mm-hmm. that are behind this. For this to be such a disjointed mess of a movie, mm-hmm. it's like it really baffles me. Mm. Um, I, I will give the young actress Jessica Reynolds a pass. Okay, this is her first time out, out the box. She definitely seems to have a little bit of deer and headlights a little bit towards her acting in this film. I'll give her a pass. Okay, but Ving and Ving Rhames. He's doing what I feel is 
an okay role, right. an okay job at it. I mean, I think he's maybe a little bit over the top with it at times, I'm, but yeah, but that may yeah. be the character, right? It, right. What the character, yeah, the character. Uh, it is, but there's inconsistency in the character, right? There's like great inconsistency, like really great in- inconsistency, where the character is at one moment uh, stalwart and brave and brazen. And, and thrusted itself in, himself into danger, and then at another moment he's cowering, um, scared, looking right, like he's right. almost scared of his own shadow. I'm like, yo, which, who are you? Who right, is the real right, holiday? Right. Alfre Woodard, who <laughs> won, <laughs> I believe, a Golden Globe. That's a damn shame for her performance in she this film. Won bingo for this. Yeah, she excuse me, she was nominated for Oh, Golden okay. Gold. She All was right. nominated That's for Golden Gold. Go. Um <laughs> I have, I have, I would have gone to my grave that Alfre Woodard has never done anything bad in her life. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> well now you've seen Holiday Heart. I've seen Holiday Heart and whoa. <laughs> whoa. <laughs> It's like you didn't think you were gonna have to put somebody up on the shelf next to Vanity from Action Jackson and Ray Don Chung from, from the uh, visit. From the visit. But there you go. Now Alfred Woodard is up there. Bad junkie acting. Bad ju- oh. <laughs> Woo, sir. Woo when she <laughs> when she like you know coming to the near the end of the movie she's spying at uh nikki giving a poem oh. and then she goes back out into the street and she does this dance oh in the street it's terrible it's terrible she's terrible she is this. she is i mean she's bad as a junkie She's not much better when she's sober. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't, I don't know, know what I don't she know was doing. what happened with Alfre Woodard in this film. I do not know what Alfre Woodard was doing because she's in terrible. This movie. She is. She's terrible. She's. And it's Alfre Woodard. I know it don't sound it, right coming weird. out my mouth yeah. that Alfre Woodard was bad yeah. in this film. That is maybe. Maybe she's acting down to the material. I guess. Because the story. But this really is somewhere like I think by the third act, Tyler Perry would look at her and say, okay, maybe you need to pull it in a little. I don't know. The Tyler, Tyler, Tyler would have been like, you need to get, you're not giving mm-hmm. me enough. The, but the story is all over the place. I mean, it's the story of this, of this little girl and her mother and the mother's a, the mother's a junkie and they, because um, she's not a drug addict. No, she's, she's not addicted to drugs. No, she's a junkie. She's a like straight this is a movie junkie. Junkie, yes. Um, and she they turn the Hollywood. First of all, they don't turn to Hollywood. They the daughter comes running out on the street, right, right, and sees Hollywood and needs asking Hollywood to help her save her mother. Hollywood doesn't know them from Adam. No, no. He thrusts himself into their life. He just has a heart of gold. He has this huge heart of gold that he doesn't have anyone to spend it on right. because he lost his lover yes. uh, prematurely. Yes. Um, and, uh, and I can appreciate that. Yes. I stopped appreciating everything else about this movie after that. It's it's an odd film. It's a bad it's, film. No, 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 no. It's, it's a, a bad film, but it's an odd film, which I think is, is something separate from its badness. Like, just the plot where you have this thing, and, and you know, it's funny. I, we finally saw Moonlight. Like, I finally caught Moonlight. Oh, you did? Last week. And, you, you know, if you've seen Moonlight, like there's so much in Moonlight about toxic masculinity and certainly mm-hmm. toxic black masculinity. And yes. When you bring, you, you know, being gay into it, how that. And I think the character of Holiday, mm-hmm. where you have this out gay man who's very self-assured yes. in his homosexuality. Mm-hmm. And and but he does have, like he said, I have had a switch in my step since I was little. Like at one point he says, and it's played by Ving Rhames, who is physically a very large man. 
Yes. So Ving Rhames, an alpha man. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, this this sort of large, muscular man in a dress and makeup is just, again, just visually. Uh, uh, it's it's a very unique, unique image. Yes. But then there's this sort of theme that runs through the film. Where, where it's like the, the two things that I've said about this film and I said about like a it's odd because it's odd and we'll get to the drug dealers with hearts of gold and it's, it's odd but then it's also oddly sweet like it's this sweet movie about families and how a family can look any kind of way and yeah and you know and it's like um Milica Ty Williamson plays one of the drug dealers that mm-hmm. Silas that, that Silas that Alfred Woodard gets involved in but then he's also domestic. And then as the film goes on and Alfred Woodard spirals out of control into movie drugdom, he steps in as another parent. Yeah. For yeah. um for Nikki. For Nikki. So then you have this out gay man who is also a drag queen. This drug dealer who I think the film to its to its credit does not really sugarcoat him being a drug dealer. Like you have these scenes with him with drugs and he pulls a gun out a couple of li- and, and you know, and certainly the violence is in him. Mm-hmm. But they make this strange family unit. Yeah. That somehow works. Yeah. And it's so odd. It's very odd. Like it's like I find myself pulling for the drug dealer and and Ving Rames as a drag queen and and this little girl, and I, I want this little family to work. Especially considering that, at least from what we know, or the first time we see Holiday and the drug de- Silas together, is one, we see when Silas um, comes on to Alfred Woodard's character. Right. Uh, wh- when she's checking out, you know, Holiday doing, doing the show. And Holiday sees Silas coming to on to Alfred Woodard from from the stage. She's on, you know, Holiday's on stage doing doing her, her drag, act. her drag, or act, his, her, dra- his drag, his drag, his drag act, his you know, basically his his Diana Ross sees Silas coming on to Alfred and is disapproving, yes. probably because he's seen this guy in and around the club. Right, right, right. Because he's the drag, he's the drag club drug dealer. Yes, which I wrote in my notes. He's the house dealer. It seems like I mean that's probably. A, a good market, I guess. I of course. Sure. Yeah. But okay. So so you see Holiday is disapproving of this guy. And it looks like Holiday probably didn't knows this guy. The next scene you see those two together, <laughs> Silas is going backstage to yeah. to where Holiday and all the drag uh, drag queens are getting together. They all scatter because they see him. And he's pulling a gun on Holiday. He jams a gun in his face. And Holiday and Holiday is visually and physically frightened it, it's to a, her to his core. It's a crazy scene. Yes. It's a crazy scene. But 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 here's what I'm talking about. Holiday, you see, you see, you know, almost clutching the pearls. Clutches t- the pearl a lot. In terror. Yeah. With with the with these Big. He's got some big fingers. Ving Rhames got some big. There's nothing that's hands. not big on this man. Yes, it's Ving Rhames. He's cl- he's clutching a pearl. He is he is petrified. I mean, dude does have a gun of, jammed in his face. Okay, the, the dude has a gun jammed to his face. There's one thing to be scared of the gun, and there's another thing to be petrified. And I'm not. And I'm fine if you're petrified of it. But this is the same character that the last time we saw in any type of dangerous situation jumped in between Alfre Woodard in the beginning of movie right, right, getting right. her butt kicked right and then when some dude was about to jump on him quickly pulled out a switchblade right. and was ready to say yo I will I will cut every inch of your manhood off in a right. heartbeat like was talking all types of smack actually even had on the Ving Rhames voice for a minute there yeah. Oh, yeah. in that scene so that character does not equate with the character that is clutching its pearls yeah. when being faced with the gun. I'm fine with being scared of the gun, but scared to the but 
scared to the to the degree that he was, I was like, that's not the same holiday. Right. And right. then that same and then that holiday is on display for a lot of the rest of the or for most of the I guess it's the third act. There's about six acts in this movie. It's a well. It's funny. I, I mentioned the visit. I think this is another film that I didn't know this was a play, mm-hmm. but when I saw it was a play, it made complete sense. Yeah, because it's yeah. very disjointed. Very like there were scene changes on the stage, and they didn't they they didn't figure out how to adapt it to film. Which is really which is where. I'm surprised because you do have Robert Townsend directing this. You know what? I love Robert Townsend as much as the next man. If the next man really loves Robert Townsend. Hollywood Shuffle, of course. Five Heartbeats, of course. Robert Townsend gets spotty real quick. Yeah. Meteor Man. Meteor Man's not that great. Baps. Baps is, Yeah. You, you know, I think, and on the one hand, I admire, like, I've always admired that Robert Townsend didn't didn't go like that auteur and, and kind of do the Oscar bait stuff. Mm-hmm. And you can tell that Robert Townsend kind of did the stuff he wanted to do. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I wasn't surprised that he directed this at all. Because I think Robert Townsend does stuff like this. Yeah, well... See, but I can see. See, I can see Robert Townsend doing something like this that is very sentimental and yeah. very over over the top with his sentimentality. I mean, like it is, it is showing, it is pulling at every one of your heartstrings, and it's trying to find the ones that are deep down, mm-hmm. so he can pull them as well with its music, with its, um, with the acting, with the dialogue, with the script. Um, so that is very Robert Townsend, but. There is still a level of professionalism that I would expect from him that is just not evident in this film production. Right. I see what you're saying. At all. I mean, there are scenes that, like you just said, the the editing is like, like, whoa. Yeah. Where are we going? The, yeah. it, it just cuts. Yeah. It just abrupt cuts to other scenes and, and weird camera angles for that add nothing to the story all of a sudden we're looking overhead you know looking down on someone walking out of a room but that viewpoint is not adding anything storytelling wise right, right to what's right. going on it, it's just really a very very a, a mess of a film and i am just surprised because of the level of talent like mccallizai williamson um he is for what he's being asked to do He's solid. He's a guy who I would be hard-pressed to to find where I've seen him do something bad. He's always trying to do well. He's not always given the best stuff to work with. Right, right, right. But he always putting his his all into everything that he's Mm -hmm. done. You know who else is solid in this movie? And I I don't know the actor's name, but there's there's, um, someone who plays um, Holiday's best friend. Yes. Blue. Yes, Blue. That's the other good actor in this film. Yeah. You know, over the top. See. But good, solid. I I I disagree with you. About blue? Not about blue. I think considering the needle that Ving Rames had to thread, mm-hmm. I am hard pressed to think of any actor who could have done a better job with the character of Holly of, of Holiday than the job Ving Rhames did. Because I think this was a character. Yes. That Very much. I, I think he pulled off the job of making you feel simple. A, well, A, I don't think Holiday was ever a joke. Like, I think Holiday did things that were funny, but I don't think, I think the acts were funny, not the, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think Holiday said funny stuff. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not like you could, you, he was the joke. No. Like, I think Ving Rhames brought a level of pathos and, and sort of complexity. And like, you could see the pain Mm. in, 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 in Ving, in Ving Rhames' character. B, wait, I said one, so now I mean two. I think 
I I think sort of playing a a a a, a, f- a, a sort of out gay man at this speed without being flamboyant and over in in sort of well again kind of kind of like I said where that's the joke like the joke is you are a a gay man with mm-hmm. a level of flamboyance and that's the joke and at various times throughout the film you dress in drag and part of the joke is you are a big man dressed in drag. Like that's part of the joke. It's kind of like I always thought, um, which I always get the films mixed up with the film with Patrick Swayze. And oh, to Wong, to Wong Fu with love. Like I always thought that that film was a lazy film because the joke was Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes were in dresses. Right. And they were like kind of masculine masculine men and yes. haha isn't that funny yes and i think ving i don't i don't get that from this like even when he's in full drag and he's doing a diana ross stuff like this is a person like okay. like and i don't know if that was cheryl west from her original play i don't know if that's robert townsend but i know ving rames is the face of that mm-hmm. so you know, I you know I, I I think he did the best he could with what he had. Okay, I you know. uh, maybe so. I mean, let's be honest. Like Ving Rhames, I think is a is a good actor, but nobody's like you know said he he's an actor with world class range, right? right anything right. like that. So, um, so maybe are with- you saying Marcellus Wallace is a? I'm sorry, I couldn't resist. <laughs> You have no, to bleep that. I'm, I'm not, not no. saying that I'm Marcellus not. Wallace. I'm not saying that about Marcellus Wallace at all. Um, what I what I am saying is that Ving Rhames, I think uh, he's trying his best in this role, but I think that it's a role that I don't think he pulls it off, at least not convincingly for me. Okay. Like you're saying, like you see the pain in there and everything like that. And and I don't, I see the character. Right. Um, I see what you're saying. I see that the holiday is not a joke. Right. Um, I see the sincerity in what he's doing. I just don't think the, he, he pulls it off. I just don't think he pulls it off. Doesn't stick the landing. He don't stick the Do you landing. Think anyone now. could have stuck the landing with this character though. I don't want to, I guess is my question. I don't want to play that game of like having to like recast the film, but okay. I, I think that I think, you know what? Only because this is within the framework of the film, mm-hmm. I would have been interested to see the roles flipped, and McAllister Williamson play Holiday, Ving Rhames oh, play Silas, right. because Ving Rhames playing Silas then could have been doing maybe the other side of Marcellus. Right, right, right. You know right. what I mean? And McAllister Williamson, I think, is an actor with. A wider range than Ving Rhames, than, than Ving Rhames, and may have pulled off that role oh, maybe a little bit better. All right, I'll take that. You know, I will take that. There, there's one weird scene. <laughs> one, <laughs> right, <laughs> right. There's a, a weird scene, and I want to know whether or not this played odd for you. There, as in every movie, especially a sentimental movie, there has to be a day when there is. A storm out yes and come this stormy day apparently alfrey woodard's character is afraid of storms or yes. rain or loud noises right. i don't know which ghostesses perhaps also afraid of ghostesses um i'm only assuming this because we see hear the thunderclap we see lightning outside the the duplex where they're living mm-hmm. cut to inside the duplex where Alfred Woodard is laying on a couch with yes. Ving Rhames <laughs> yes. hugged up on yeah, her. Yeah. He's actually on. Yeah. Yeah. With his leg across yeah, her. Yeah. If I was feeling generous, I would say that they, they were playing with gender roles and, and gender definition and you you know and holiday is a man and mm-hmm. what does it mean to be a man? Like I said, I was thinking about like moonlight, like you had these gay men sort of trapped by this limited definition of, of masculinity. masculinity. Right. Whereas in Holiday Heart, you know, you got Bing Rames and you know, he's physical but he's also feminized, but mm-hmm. then he goes back to big and sometimes he's feminine. 
and physical. Yes. So like this team, because he's wearing like a kimono. Yeah. And his hair is wrapped. Yeah. But then he has like this big muscular thigh. <laughs> exactly. Thrown over Alfie Woodard. If I were in a generous mood, I would say that this was deliberate. But no, I think it's just a weird scene. It's just a weird scene. It's just man. a weird scene. And I mean, I saw that. I was like, "What? What are we?" Yeah. I, I, um, and yeah, you, you're saying like, you know, it's just one weird scene. There's one. I mean, it's an odd movie. It's an odd movie. It's We're odd not even movie. talking about the whole scene with the bicycle. Yeah. <laughs> Alfred Woodard by the end. But you know what I think? You know what I think? And I do. All jokes aside, this is what I do think. I think that there is a straight line between Haley Berry's depiction of a drug addict in Jungle Fever. Mm-hmm. And I think everybody looked at her and said, oh, I can do that. I can do that. I can do that. And I don't know if there's ever been a better drug addict than, than Haley Berry's character in Jungle Fever. Like Haley Berry and Samuel Jackson in Jungle Fever are the greatest cinematic drug addicts in the history of cinematic drug addicts. You think so? Who who is a better cinematic drug addict than Samuel Jackson as Gator and Haley Berry as his unnamed drug addict girlfriend? Gator's good. Gator is good. Gator is the king. Gator may be the Well, I don't know. Um, did you ever see Requiem for a Dream? Yeah. Yeah, man. Well, that's just okay. Yeah, like Marlon, Marlon Wayans, yeah, Marlon Wayans and is, uh, Jennifer yeah. Connelly. Yeah, Whew. I guess I mean just that the, the the theatricality, if you will. Okay, because in Requiem of a Dream, they're just sad. That's they're just, sad. They're yeah. just sort of sitting in their own vomit and feces, <laughs> waiting to die. I know, man. Gator Ooh. does a little dance. <laughs> Gator got a little dance. He got a dance just for you, Daddy. <laughs> Can y'all hear me stomping on the mic? Because he's doing a dance just for you. Got to dance just for you, Daddy. I smoked the TV, Mama. Oh my God! Flippy, you gonna give me this money, or I'm gonna go and hit people in the head? I do it. I do it. I do it. Do it. Do it. Because I'm a crackhead. Oh my God. Oh my God. <laughs> so Samuel Jackson, but really again, Haley Berry, where she, that, where she has that mania, that quick mania on the playground when he goes to ass flipper for the money. Okay. I feel like everybody looked at her and said, oh, I can do that. Yeah. And like, I'm a better actress than she is. Well, that's the thing. Alfrey is. Alfrey Woodard actually is. She a better, actually is. A I, better I, you know, it'd probably be awkward. I would love to ask. Like, how I don't even know how that would work. Like, I don't know how that would work. Like, ask me asking Alfred Woodard about Holiday Heart. Like, if we, like, if we got her on the show, right, right, right. Like, like you know, she was like, you know, it's like second season of Luke Cage, and you're the big bad on Luke Cage, and you've had this long distinguished career, and you know. But what I really want to talk about, <laughs> what was going on in Holiday Heart, Ms. Woodard? Cause I'd have to call it like like if I ask her a holiday heart. Well, you got I'm gonna say Miss Woodard, Miss Woodard, and I'm gonna, be, I'm gonna talk like this. But I'd have to ask. You gotta ask. Cause yes, yeah, yeah. So um, <laughs> so holiday heart. I guess we. There's one other real strange thing about this movie. Oh, okay. What's the other strange thing? This is the last strange thing. Yes, because we do have to. Wrap we it. do have to wrap this up. Right. Uh, we'll tell you just be a quick one. Um, the end of the movie. Yes. They, you know, the spoiler alert, Alfred Woodard, she dies. Yeah. But that is kind of a spoiler because a film like this, either she kind of, All right, you well, know, gets better. No, but the, the film ends with this little family unit where yes. Alfred Woodard had to die so that the rest of them could make a family. And the final scene of the film yes. is Holiday, Nikki, and Silas at her gravesite. Yes. Because Silas I, has shown up. 
Yeah, Silas is because Silas went down. To went Florida down to Florida and bought to take a care house. of some business, right? Uh, and it, we apparently, you know, that he he bought a house because he was going to make a little home. Yeah, make a for home them, for them because he's a drug dealer and, and a thug and now, a gangster. Now he has already dropped word about making this house, right? But he's also okay. strangely domestic. Well, he's, well, some drug dealers are. Like he all said, right. I sell it, but I don't want to see be with nobody who uses it. Right, right. You know, right, I'm right. all about the kids. You know, right, you right. Know, it's he's like Wu Tang. Yeah. So. He shows up and and as they are walking off with the crane shot um pulling back. Yes. As they walk back to Silas' car. Silas says to them, you know, hey, you know, y'all go off now. Y'all have a, you know, cuz they're going to Paris. They're going to Paris. Y'all go have that great time in Paris. And when y'all get back, I got a surprise. I got a surprise for y'all. Yes. And the movie goes off. <laughs> and then the movie goes off. So we don't know what the surprise we is. We don't know. Now, we cut to a postcard of Hollywood, Holiday, and Nikki in Paris. In Paris, right. You know, so you cut to that postcard. And then there's credits. Right. Now, if this was a Marvel movie, perhaps there's an after credit scene. Like a stinger. Yeah, a stinger yeah. coming. But this is 2000. This right. is MGM. Right. I assume that that was an editing typo and I assume that the surprise because remember the last thing that Nikki says was that my mother always wanted me to have two parents yes so it's like the film long subversion of what is a, a normal family right and you know normal family is just one that loves you yes so I thought maybe the surprise was I've built this place down in Florida y'all come live with me and I'm not going to deal the drugs anymore yeah he's already we already know that we he's know about building the house. a house in, right, right. in Florida. Maybe the surprise is he's not going to deal drugs anymore. But we don't know. No, we don't know. We don't We know. don't know. Would you recommend this film? Lynn? No. Not even as, as no. sort of a weird... No. You know what? People that like Holiday Heart love Holiday Heart. That's true. Like, like if you they met love people... This, they like, do. people love Holiday Heart. Which yeah. I think is hilarious. I don't understand. Like, like I watched this with my girlfriend. Yes. And she, you know, and I'm talking to her about how I don't like the movie. And she's like, I watch movies to be entertained. Yes. That's why I watch the movies. I said, so this movie is entertaining you. And she said, yes, I'm entertained by this movie. Yeah. I said, how? Yeah. She couldn't really explain right, yeah. how. Well, she's entertained by it. I love Holiday Heart. I, all right, love is strong, but I have a lot of affection for Holiday So you Heart. like this film? I do like this film. You would I, recommend I, I watched this film? It, I watched, no, I wouldn't recommend it because it is an acquired taste. Like, like either, like, like you, you know, it's, it's, it's like, um, I don't know, like, like eel. Like eel. Like, like you, you know, like, you know, like, like people like eel. Yes. Or anchovies. That's a better example. Like anchovies. There's a tagline from the movie poster. Like, you know, do you like anchovies? <laughs> then you'll like Holiday right. Heart. Right. Or, or maybe you will or maybe you won't. But people that like Holiday Heart love Holiday Heart. Okay. And I have a fondness for Holiday Like, I, every time I see it come on, I actually go, ooh, it's Holiday Heart. And you sit and watch and it. And I sit and watch it. The whole thing? I, I've watched it from beginning to end two or three times. And I've watched pieces of it every time I see it. Okay, well, I've watched it from beginning to end one time. Yeah. And I will not make that mistake yeah. again. Because I find Ving Rhames to be very entertaining. I, I, I love Ving Rhames. And I find Alfred Woodard to be very entertaining in this film for reasons that they probably didn't mean for her to be. I don't need to see Alfred. This, this hurts my heart seeing Alfred <laughs> Woodard in this film. I will, I'll just remember Alfred Woodard from all of her. From other, every yeah. single Everything thing else. else. <laughs> She's done. I'll remember her fondly for the rest of her career. <laughs> <laughs> you can act like Holiday Heart never happened. I, See, it's like me in early 90s R&B. There you go. There you go. It never happened. <laughs> like, you know the part where Sofia Coppola looks at Al Pacino? She says, Dad? And then she gets shot? It's like it never happened. It never happened. It's like it never happened. That's right. There you go. So, okay, so now we've got it. So, like, Padme saw Anakin and said, you know, you just told me that you came back from slaughtering a whole room filled with seven-year-olds and you told me that and you know what that makes me want to do have babies with you <laughs> never happened 
Okay, see, but there were there were three of those. There were three prequels. It's hard to write off the prequels. Misa is a space. <laughs> Misa, Misa is a is a space darky. Misa <laughs> eats space watermelon. Okay. It's like it never happened. Okay, so the prequels: '90s R&B, Holiday Heart, Godfather, and Godfather III. Three. Never happened. Never happened. If you have something else that never happened, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, hit us up on Shin Michelle on Twitter, hashtag never happened. Or <laughs> Misa don't like to work. Misa like to play. Jumpy uppy down. <laughs> Email us. At Mich- Mich- Me and my boy sat Gmail. Star Wars. <laughs> I remember we sat in the theater and looked around the theater and was like. Don't nobody else see this shit, right? We the only ones that see this. We the only ones that see this. Y'all gonna act like y'all don't see this. Misa like basketball. Vince, we gotta wrap up. Okay. Never happened. Hour six. Oh, Jesus. All right, ladies and gentlemen. Um, we got to get out of here. Okay. Okay. Oh, my God. All right. So, um, there you go. Uh, it's Holiday Heart. Um, we'll be back uh, next week over the Christmas holidays with Omar Dorsey. Yes. As we review Bamboozled. Yes. Um, with Omar. That should be an extreme, extreme. Dream, lots of fun. Yes, uh, coming your way uh, next week on the Michelle Mission, and stay tuned because episode fifty is on its way. Yes, it is. Our review of the five heartbeats um, for the Michelle Mission is out there on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, every place a good podcast be, as well as on the Black Troubles Podcast Network, and as well as broadcasting every Wednesday night. 8 p.m. here in Philadelphia on WPPMLP 106.5 FM People Powered Media on your radio dial. Okay. He's Vince. I'm Len. In parting, we say. We'll see you when it's time to meet again. It's time to bid adieu, it's been a pleasure knowing you, I'll see you when it's time to meet again.